What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Kicks and Picks podcast, the soccer betting podcast. It has been way too long since we've heard from you or since you've heard from us. You got Nick and Scotty back here with a very special episode. We are going to hit you up with the latest transfer talk and everything you need to know from around the nation's league. Welcome to the show, Scotty. What's going on? Happy to be in the offseason. The regular season was a a long one for Liverpool fans. I think we played 63 games, so happy to be in a little bit of a break period, although the players themselves don't get a break, apparently, because we have Nations League. But good news for us, because it gives us something to gamble on during the day when we're trying to work during the summer. No doubt about that. And what you guys will come to realize is that transfer season is really where Scotty thrives. He loves transfer season. The transfer windows, both summer and winter, I think he likes it maybe even more than the games themselves. Got to get in on the, the hashtag transfer updates. I think that's, a, that's really where this podcast began in an, unform, in an informal way about eight years ago with Nick and I sharing a cubicle wall and giving each other the hashtag transfer updates over that wall whenever we saw something pop up on Twitter. So it's only fair that we bring it to podcast form and attempt to make money off of it sometime in the next five years. No doubt about it. So the way we're going to hit you guys with it, this transfer talk, we're going to do a segment, buy or sell the biggest transfer rumors of the week. Are they true? Are they bullshit? Do you believe it? Buy or sell? Scotty, let's kick it off. Darwin Nunez, um, I think, you know, (laughs) it was the the rumors were 80 million. He had an awesome season at Benfica. He didn't win us any bets, but he had an awesome season at Benfica. Uh, they were talking about United. They were talking about Newcastle. What is the latest? Yeah, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, because we're recording this Wednesday night, he might be on a team already. Um, we were looking at, like you said, about 80 million pounds to Manchester or Manchester United or Newcastle United. But this morning, things kind of took a bit of a left turn and, and Liverpool have firmly entered the mix. Uh, some may even call them the leaders in the clubhouse for his signature. Uh Initially, I was selling this because 80 million pounds is a ridiculous sum of money. I still think it is a ridiculous sum of money for all three teams listed. Yep. You know, I don't, I do not buy the, the Newcastle rumors yet. I get it. Newcastle have a war chest. They have virtually unlimited money. But this is a player who's playing for a Champions League team in Benfica right now. Uh, he definitely has higher aspirations. I think some of the news coming out was that there were offers from Newcastle and West Ham in January and around the 40, 50 million pound mark that. Uh, he rejected. So he's got sights set on probably more established clubs, I'll say. I think that's the, the most respectful way to, to call it right now. I think Newcastle yeah. could potentially be there in a few years, but not yet. Manchester United, I, I would be selling 100%. Uh, they spent 80 million pounds this time last year on Jaden Sancho and then quickly relegated him to the bench. Um, and things really aren't that different besides a new manager. I think you still and have Ronaldo. they're talking about a Ronaldo extension. Yeah. So you still have Ronaldo playing, probably going to be, want to be a, a number nine playing in that, that forward position. Uh, maybe Sancho gets in the starting lineup now that Ten Hag is here and he put him on the left wing, but you're still looking at, you know, Rashford and Anthony Alonga that probably fill out the right wing spot. And, and for what it's worth, Nunez doesn't really play in the right wing. He's dabbled in left wing. He's mostly a number nine. So I don't see them spending another 80 million pounds, especially when they have bigger needs elsewhere, AKA center back and potentially midfield uh, with, with Pogba leaving. So it doesn't seem like it's the, the right time for Manchester United to be splashing out 80 million pounds on a striker. They've got bigger needs. It's too much money. Um, so I'd sell that one. Leaves us with Liverpool. Uh, I tweeted out yesterday. I still don't buy, I didn't buy them 
um, being in at Nunez for 80 million pounds. But I think some things have changed. Um, obviously, Sadio Mane looking to leave to Bayern in the next, we'll get to that in a little bit, but in the next few months or a few weeks, that opens up a spot, gets them some money to play with. Minamino now being rumored to leave to either Leeds or... Uh, Lazio, I heard. It could be Lazio. Um, I, I like the Leeds connection with Jesse Marsh. That's where uh, that was his manager at Salzburg when Liverpool initially bought him. So I can make sense of that. Uh, and obviously, our my boy Divock Origi going to Scudetto Milan. winners, Milan. Yep. There's plenty of space in the forward line uh, to fill in. And Salah still hasn't signed that extension yet. So they're going to have some money to play with. They've got a lot of selling to do. Um, Oxford, uh, Chamberlain looking to be. Uh, on his way out as well. He'll probably get another 15 million for him. They got some younger players between Nico Williams and um, man, I'm blanking center back, uh, Nat Phillips uh, that could be moving out the door for another 10 million. And then the other two guys that they've brought in so far, they've got a, a 5 million pound, you know, young forward from Fulham that they pretty much secured in January. Um, that's not really going to be, you know, moving the needle in the terms of the expenditure list very much. And then they've got a, a right back coming in from Aberdeen. That's also around 4 million pounds. So they have some money to play with. And by the way, they've just made it to three cup finals, winning two of them. Um, I think they, they, yeah, but, but you're getting prize winnings from that. Right. And right. I, I think that their champions league take is estimated around 109 million pounds. Um, it's not finalized yet, but just by making it to the finals, you know, in terms of the TV share, TV revenue share, they got some money to play with. So, I guess 80 million pounds when you kind of put that all together, you expect to get maybe 50 million from Sadio Mane and, and uh, 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 Minamino that, that puts your net outlay at around 30 million pounds for a guy that's 22 years old and could be the, you know, the rival to, to, to Holland over at Manchester city. So, uh, so I, I, I'll buy that one for now. We'll see. It, it could be tomorrow that there's some other term, but I can kind of see it at this point. So I'm kind of with you. I was originally selling kind of all of it, uh, definitely selling United because like you said, they're, they're, they have enough money no wasting away. Um, and why would he leave the champions league to not play in the champions league? Um, I, I was on the fence about Newcastle. I was slightly selling it just because I think they go for somebody a little more established, a little more proven. Um, you know, if they're going to drop 80 million on one or even two or three players, but Liverpool today, I mean, that news hit, it was kind of, it just instantly seemed credible. And for yeah. all the reasons that you named, uh, you know, listen, and you said it, right? Three cup finals. That's going to be the story again next year. They're going to need players. And I'm not saying you spend 80 million to put somebody on the bench or make him a rotation player, but um, Salah's not getting any younger. Um, you know, we're going to talk about Mane. He's probably out the door. I could kind of see it happening. And yep. he strikes me from what little I've seen of him play. He strikes me as a guy that Klopp's going to get behind pretty easily. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to put that in like the, it's in my cart. I'm adding it to cart, but I'm not hitting purchase yet. Yeah. Maybe we'll call it. We're leasing this one. We'll lease, we'll lease this rumor. All right. And I like I'll, it. I'll, I'll add one last bit. This is kind of Liverpool's MO, right? They go and they play these teams in champions league, like Salzburg and uh, Porto and Benfica. They see these young up and coming forwards like Minamino and Luis Diaz, and they move for them. Um, this would line up with exactly what they saw with Darwin Nunez. Obviously, there were some comments made by Klopp uh, about how talented of a striker he is and you know all the capabilities that he has. So it kind of aligns in that sense. So I'll lease it. We'll see what the uh, – we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, things are moving quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if, if this is wrapped up by the end of the week. All right. Well, while Scotty is on a Liverpool roll, let's talk about Sadio Mane, the latest rumor, 25 mil 
could be going to Bayern. Yeah. Uh, are you buying or selling? So the Nunez rumor makes me want to buy this more. Uh, I was on the fence with it. 25 million is pretty cheap, but they'd have to move one of Mane or Sala. It makes, I said this back in January. I think they extend Sala at some point. I think they sell Mane. And then I think they just let Firmino run out of his contract. They need to get younger in the front line. They're all approaching 30 if they're not already there. Uh, I think Sadio Mane leaving makes the most sense. The fee is a little low. I know Liverpool are looking at around 40 million pounds. My guess is it ends up around 35 million with uh, maybe some add-ons, but you know, Bayern have to get there. I think Bayern are just being cheap because they had to sell Thiago to Liverpool last year for, I think, 20 million pounds, which is pretty cheap. So it'll get there. It might take a few weeks of negotiation, but the new news on Nunez kind of indicates to me that maybe things are moving along uh, here because that might be what, what kick-started Liverpool's interest on, on Darwin. And this strikes me as, I think he's out the door. I'm buying that. I don't 100% believe it's going to be Bayern. I think this, this has the makings of one of those that can take a, a last minute left turn and he can wind up somewhere else, but I do not believe he will be with Liverpool next year. I am buying this 100%. All right. Number three, we have former kicks and picks podcast stud of the week, <laughs> potentially even one of the studs of the season in Serie A. And that is Jelson Bremer from Torino. He is the hottest defender on the market. 30 million euros right now talking about from his current club Torino the club's rumored Tottenham in the Premier League Inter and Serie A are you buying or selling I love this one because it's kind of a weird love triangle between uh you got Tottenham you got Inter you got obviously Torino and then the two players all at the center of it are Bremer as we just mentioned and your boy Bastoni uh I think the idea was that Tottenham was in on Bastoni they really thought they were going to get him from Inter and then Inter, we're going to line up Bremer to be their replacement. But now we see that Bastoni is happy at, at Inter. Uh, he's not looking to make any moves back to England. So I, I think if I'm buying something here, I'd be buying Bremer to Tottenham as basically the you know fallback option from Bastoni, who, who seems to be cemented in at Inter. I'll sell the, the Inter rumor because if they're keeping him, they've got other places where they should need to spend money. And I think money's pretty tight for them right now, if, if I remember my Serie A news correctly. No doubt about that. So what's interesting here is that if you listen to the Italian media the entire season, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that he's leaving Torino, right? It's just a club that doesn't fit his ambitions at this point or his skill set. 30 million seems incredibly low, incredibly low. If you watched any of this year, read any of the papers, any of the, listen to our boy DiMarzo, you were talking about 60, 70, maybe even 80 million. And yeah, you know, that's an inflated value a little bit based on one good season, but 30 million seems incredibly low. And even Bastoni, I think was only rumored for 60 million. Yep. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's um, it, usually it's the other way around from Serie A, right? The foreign guys are valued a lot higher than the Italian guys. So this one doesn't make sense to me. So for that reason, I am selling these rumors. I just don't, I don't think Bastoni goes anywhere uh, based on what you just said, Scott, he, he's pretty happy. He's the future of that team on defense. I think they're much more likely to get rid of Skriniar. Um, and I just don't think Bremer goes that cheaply anywhere. I think his fee will be around 50 million. Yeah. All said and done. I think there's a theme coming up here with this 30 million Euro 
mark. It seems to be kind of the default value that a lot of these like papers the are just, yeah, start like, with. It's just a number that's, you know, high enough to grab some eyeballs, but low enough where it's not like going to cause any like immediate, like there's no way. He's and going and I'm that. almost wondering if teams are using this as a, as a ploy to say, oh, he's 30 million. We can offer more than that. We'll give you 40. You know, a team that maybe previously wasn't interested because they were scared by a price tag. Well, now they've seen 30 million. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. All right. We'll stick with Tottenham for our next player. Steven Bergwijn spent a ton of time on the bench. Conte took over. He did see some sub appearances. Some Another great sub appearances. Won some games, probably got them into the Champions League if we're, if we're looking back and being honest. Um, it's another 30 million guy. We're talking about him going back to Amsterdam, and that is with Ajax. Yeah, I think he needs game time, right? I mean, he when he was subbed on, he performed really well for Tottenham, but obviously with you know uh, their front three now looking pretty tight, uh, I don't see him breaking through. Um, so this one has some credibility to it just because I don't see a spot for him. Um, the real question is, you know, where would he want to go? Ajax makes sense from the standpoint of it's, you know, obviously the, the big club in his, his home country uh, gets to play Champions League. Uh, my guess is if he goes there, I don't know how it'll work with him and Anthony, who's also playing on the right wing right now, I believe. So uh, they'll may have to move, shuffle some things around or maybe Ajax move Anthony onto a, a bigger club, but I don't know that I buy it just yet. Um, I do buy that he's going to leave. I get why Ajax is like the big one. Um, it makes a lot of sense. They can afford him, but I'd have to see what the plan is with Anthony. If, 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 excuse me, if Ajax um, are, are committed to keeping Anthony in the summer window, then I don't know if they'll, they'll go for Bergwijn, but uh, we'll keep an eye on this one, see how this one develops, uh, but I'm not going to buy it just yet. So of all the rumors we've talked about so far, this is the one I am most buying. I am. Give me those shares. Give me this click to purchase. I am buying this. I think he's gone. I think the reports seem pretty credible and the team fit kind of makes sense to me. So I'll buy this one. Fair enough. I guess we'll, we'll find out. I, I, I'm not going to say no to it. Again, a lot of these things make sense. I just need to figure out exactly where all the moving pieces are on the IX squad. Cause they're not a team that's going to go out and spend a lot of money and try to build up a super squad. So I, I just see them, you know, th this is like, um, this will be portrayed as this great homecoming or something like that. And it's something yeah. the team could rally around. So I'm buying it. And then the last one we have in buy or sell is Gianluca Scamacca. It's coach Steve's boy. It's a shame he's <laughs> not here to record with us. Uh, but somehow, some way they're talking about, you guessed it, 30 million euros. And the latest rumor is him going over to France, PSG. What do you make of it? Yeah, I feel like with PSG, you just can basically put any player in the world and attach PSG's name to it and, you know, a paper will print it. Uh, I get that, you know, PSG might be looking to, to upgrade their, their forwards, especially after their uh, Champions League disappointment against Real Madrid. They were probably looking to score some more goals. They did get to keep Mbappe, but uh, I think Di Maria is probably moving Di on. Di Maria is gone. Yep. So there's a little bit of space there. How Skamaka fits into all that, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure, uh, 30 million, not a lot for PSG. That would be right. The, the price there is not going to be the deterring factor. So I'll buy this one. It's cheap enough for them to just 
take a risk on it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. They don't really care. But the question for me is, you know, would Scamacca want to leave Italy? I feel like he's been right. doing pretty well there. I don't know that he needs to go to PSG. You can move up and find another club within Italy that would probably be willing to take a chance for him on him, especially if the price is again, only 30 million. I feel like you could probably, you know, increase that by a good, you know, 15 million euros. And that's probably more of his true value, but if it's 30 million, you know, why not? So interesting point. And it depends what his aspirations are, right? Does he want to play in the champions league? Is that a goal of his? I mean, if so, the move makes sense. Uh, you know, does he want to stay at a team where he's comfortable or in a league or a home country where he's comfortable and probably pocket 15 goals this year? He's already on the national team. He's probably the next long-term starter at forward. Um, Trying to get that know, World if, Cup spot locked up. Oh, oh so if that's his goal, he probably stays. But the thing that makes me buy it a little more is, like you said, Di Maria is definitely gone. He's He's gone on a free agent. Uh, Messi is going to be another year older, and certainly he wasn't spectacular this year. Um, so, I, I, you know, he reminds me of Moise Keane, who went there on a loan deal from Everton two years ago, and everybody was kind of like scratching their head, like, hey, yeah. why the hell is he going there? When is he going to play? You know, that doesn't make any sense. And I think he, he bagged like 20 goals or something like that in all competitions. It was something yeah. ridiculous, like 15, 20 in that range. So, if you look at it from that perspective, the team kind of makes sense. There's already a couple of Italian players there um, with Donnarumma and Verratti. So, I, you know, I think he'll fit in. The team actually seems to genuinely get along and like each other. So, it's not like he'd be an outcast just because he's another person that's a log jam at forward. Um, you know, I, I can kind of, I'm on the fence. I'm not going to buy or sell it just yet. Fair enough. Again, PSG, this is ashtray money to them. So they can hold off to make this move. I don't know who in Italy would, would be the ones to kind of like put the pressure on. Like, I don't think Milan are going to do it with, you know, Rigi coming in as we talked that's about what, Inter have struggles. What, what pushes me towards buying it because there's yeah. no other team that's going to pony up that amount of money. And I don't know that he would go to the EPL. You know, that's probably the only other place uh, that would really be a competition. You know, is there and a club the that thing. would take him? Is he trading in Sassuolo for Brighton? Is he yeah. trading in Sassuolo no. for Wolves? Or, you know what I mean? Somebody no. like that. So it would be like the best possible case for him in, in the Premier League, I think, would probably be like a West Ham because, as we just talked about, not going to United, not going to City, not going to Liverpool. Tottenham have their front three set. They're good. Arsenal have a, a young, you know, attacking core that they're going to probably try to promote over getting somebody else in. You know, they've already moved on from Lacazette and Obama Yang. So why bring in somebody that's established at this point? It doesn't make sense to go to the Premier League. So if you eliminate all the options, it's it's either another team in Syria or PSG. So it yeah. really makes sense. It's going to be an interesting one. Let's see what happens for sure. So that wraps up buy or sell. The next favorite segment that Scott's going to have is the hashtag fake news segment. The worst transfer rumor of the week. What do you think is absolutely out of control? Bullshit. Yeah, I mean, this is the fun part of, of the transfer news window. It's You get to see every name linked to every team for stupid sums of money. And half the time, these journalists aren't even trying to make it make sense. So for me, this is coming from Chris Wall at The Athletic. So a pretty reputable you know site in terms of a, it's a pay site. And, and The Athletic tries to not publish unfounded rumors entirely. But uh, the quote directly is, we're Newcastle United to receive a bid in excess of 40 million pounds for Tottenham Hotspur target, Alan St. Maximin, they would consider it. However, there's no expectation of such a bid arriving. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, 
40 million pounds for a player. Well, let's just break it down. One, Newcastle United don't need money. So why would they sell probably their best attacking player outside of maybe Callum Wilson for 40 million pounds? Doesn't make sense. Two, whether they want to hear it or not, Newcastle is a Tottenham rival at this point because they're going to be competing for that you know, Champions League spot, the third or fourth Champions League spot next season. I don't see them selling a player to Tottenham. And as we've mentioned four times already on this podcast, Tottenham's front three is pretty set. I don't think they're going to be moving on from Kulisevsky, Kane, or Son anytime in the near future. So they're not, gonna go, they're not going to go out and spend in. 40 million pounds on a backup player. If, if a bid from Barstool Sports came in to purchase Kicks and Picks podcast, yeah. we would consider it. Yeah, we would. But there is no expectation of, of such a bid arriving. Correct. So, Big Cat, Dave so, Portnoy, if you're listening, you know, we'd consider your bid. Yeah, any bid. So that's, I love that one. I read that one. It, none of it made sense. The teams didn't make sense. The price doesn't make sense. Just all nonsense. Just throwing shit onto Twitter and seeing what sticks. You get my hashtag fake news of the week. I like it. All right. So my hashtag fake news, I'm actually going to go back to Skamaka's team and that's Sassuolo. And I really... It's only fake because I don't know what to make of it. Domenico Berardi, they were talking about 40 million euros for him. That's 10 million more than Skamaka. But the latest news was he rejected Arsenal because he wants a big Italian club. So what part of that's the joke? Is, is it that Arsenal is not bigger than a big Italian club? It's that there are Italian clubs that are bigger than Arsenal. How are we viewing this? Um, Juve is the latest rumor, and I – probably would not go play for Allegri if I were him. So I just don't even know what to make sense of it. I don't even know how this even started. Yeah. I, I mean, I think my favorite part about this is it's setting up a storyline that's going to last all summer, which is just going to be newspapers subtly shitting on Mikel Arteta. Yeah. Cause when he's rejecting Arsenal, he's not rejecting Arsenal, the club, he's rejecting Mikel Arteta, the manager. So right. that's what I love about all of this is it's yeah. You know, I'm not sure about the Arsenal project, you know, undertones of Mikel Arteta is a terrible manager. I don't want to go play for him. That's exactly what everybody's saying. And they've been saying it for the better part of a year or almost yeah. two years now. So I love it. That's my fake news of the week because I mean, it, it's clearly fake, but it's enjoyable for us. Yeah. And the best news out of all of this, Nick, is the transfer window hasn't even officially opened yet. And we're already oh. getting these great headlines. So these headlines are unreal. It's no going to be a fun summer. It. Stick with us throughout the summer. We'll uh, we'll be here helping you read through the bullshit and hopefully entertaining you along the way with some of the more entertaining rumors. Because if you can't enjoy this part of the offseason, then you're just basically sitting on your couch waiting for the next game to kick off in two and a half months. No doubt about it. But with that, we have been incredibly lucky that in the absence of a traditional World Cup, which should be kicking off now, uh, we have the next best thing, maybe the mm. 10th or 12th best thing, which is <laughs> the Nations League. So you talked about Liverpool having, what, 63 games this year? Yeah. Well, how many of those players are playing in the Nations League now? Yeah, it's love just, it. I mean, these guys have to be exhausted. Uh, this competition still doesn't really make sense to me. There's different groups. There's A, B, C. There's relegation. There's promotion. There's a tournament with the best four teams, but takes place every year, but it doesn't, I don't really know what to make of it other than I love fucking betting it. Yeah. I'm just surprised that they don't have Carabao as their like title sponsor for this event. Cause it would match up perfectly with the level of prestige that it, that it provides. Well, maybe they haven't reached out and we can facilitate that. Yeah. It exactly. definitely makes sense, but nation league it's been hot or cold. We'll get into the picks pretty shortly. 
Uh, but just to, to bring everybody up to speed, Scott, I think you have a you have a question that I am more than ready to answer. Yeah, last last episode we gave out our top five teams that we we're adding to the bandwagon. Um, obviously, number one being Juve, of course. But I got to ask you, Nick, is France going to be the first country added to the hashtag bandwagon? Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> France is absolutely banned. They they may even get the driver's seat or the passenger seat. I'm putting them right to the front. They're at the very least riding shotgun. They are the national team version of Juve. For me, I know it's the same for you. Um, We're going to go all the way back to last year. Scotty and I were in Las Vegas. It was the Euro Cup. I think we must have gone 0-3 on France, and like just betting that that ridiculous loss. I'm going to bring you guys all the way back. They were leading Switzerland in the 82nd minute, gave it up. Lost in penalties, which I'm very glad that they lost. I didn't want to see France win, but it was just the most out of left field collapse that you would ever imagine a team to have. And I don't think I've won a game on them since. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I, if I remember correctly, we were watching that game in the newly opened Resorts World Casino. Yes, we were. And now whenever I go to that place, I'm only going to consider that. I'm only going to remember that memory of, of losing our France versus Switzerland bet in like the final seven minutes of the match. So I don't even think we've been back since. I mean, it, it's not that we haven't been to Vegas. We're just not going back to the scene. I just don't even know that I could look at Resorts World um, just due to that game. And, and I listen, this is not just betting France to win. This is betting anything involving France. Cannot seem to get anything going. Um, and they've been kind of trash this tournament. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, listen, we'll. we'll um, Mac by Denmark. That's not, a, not how you want to start things off. Yeah, so, I, I mean, Denmark is at the top of, of this Group 1. Um, League A, Group 1, Denmark, six points from two games. Austria, second place, three points from two games. And then you have France and Croatia, one point each. For the two so, teams you would have figured probably would be coming out of this group. I not, no, no disrespect to Denmark. I know they performed well in, uh, last season but or last summer. But, you know, if you're looking at the history of the countries, you would expect that Croatia and France to move on. I guess – We've been kind of on top of this. Croatia's old. The yeah. best players have aged out. So yep. I guess in that regard, not too disappointed. But France is they have no excuse. They, they they should be, they're probably one of the three most stacked teams in the entire competition. They were rotating what 10 players, and we'll talk about that throughout the competition. That you know, watch for lots of rotation among these teams. But even still, you're 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 trotting out guys that are, you know locked in starters for champions league level right and then that, that's that's my biggest frustration right france's second or third best 11 should be wiping the floor with the rest of this group and they haven't been uh i shout out rabio who coincidentally plays for juventus he fucking sucks I, I don't understand how that dude sees the field yeah he scored a goal the other day guess what france didn't win the game so that dude is fucking trash um but you know if you're gonna make the argument that he's a third string midfielder or advanced, you know, uh, attacking midfielder. And that's why he's playing. Okay. I can buy that. And and these guys can't even get past Hungary and Croatia and, and teams like that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. Uh, I think that's a good segue though. I mean, I do want to talk a little bit about Denmark and the Austria match. Um, I think we were on opposite sides of that one. To me, yes, I, saw, we were. I saw Austria beat Croatia. I think it was a five, one in the first match. And that one screams to me blew their load too soon going to have a come down game pardon the pun uh that's exactly what i think happened uh you know denmark did get off to an early lead uh had one lead going into the half 
Austria ties it up, but there is always going to be that opportunity to get that game winning goal, which is exactly what Denmark did in the 84th minute. Got me on the board for first, first win in the Nations League this year for me. So I'm happy to just get one in the win column. But I know you, you saw something different coming. I mean, were you really just betting on your boy uh, getting what? <laughs> Arnautovic, who was one of my, my duds of the fucking year. And that dude has been on an absolute tear since. So shout out him. Um, no, quite honestly, Austria is one of those teams where they just seem to play up to competition. And when they play a team that's on their level, they don't seem to have the ability to get it done. Um, so seeing them whoop Croatia, like you said, not a surprise to either of us. Uh, I remember them playing Italy. You know, they were in the, the quarterfinals of the Euros last year. Uh, they played Italy to extra time, which was pretty incredible. They had chances of their own. So I, I more so had the vision of them playing well against teams that are theoretically better than they are and saying, Oh, Denmark's a game that they could win. Right. Um, you know, not necessarily they're going to, but you know, this is, these are pretty favorable odds. This is a team they could beat, And uh, you know, they, they tied it up late, but gave up that, and that uh, winning goal. To, what in the 90th minute? Yes. Yeah, I think 84th minute, but to shine some light on the struggles and Nick was setting this in the group chat, taking screenshots of the stats, but Austria finished with 17 shots, only one shot on target. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where the pain comes from. So, you know, maybe they deserved a little bit more. If coach XG was here, he probably would have t- given us the XG between the two teams. And maybe it was a little bit more in Austria's favor, but. And, and we were fully prepared for a one, one result so that, oh, yeah. you know, neither of us won the bet, but I mean, listen, again, that that's a loss that I live with. I, I'd be, a little more okay with it if it wasn't in the midst of like a five game losing streak. Uh, But you know, listen, that's a read you make. It's pretty much a coin flip game. I'm glad at least it didn't end in misery for both of us. Scotty got the win and shout out Denmark. I mean, uh, they're playing inspired and they deserve to be at the top of the group. Yeah. And I think gives us a segue to move into our next topic here. Um, Although they're not the top of the group, I think they're a nice little surprise. Uh, We got Czech Republic in second place in, uh, what are they, Group B? uh, Or Group Group B. Group B. uh, Ahead of Spain, behind Portugal. So they obviously had that big 2-2 draw against Spain to kick things off. That's kind of put them in the driver's seat uh, to kind of advance out of this group. Spain playing a little bit from behind here. Uh, What have you been seeing? I know you've been watching this group a little bit closer than I have. You know, what have you seen so far from, from Czech Republic? Uh, so Czech Republic has a little bit of a renaissance, right? They were, they were like a darling team in the early 2000s. Um, and, and I feel like you're seeing a lot of their players start to pop up in, in major leagues. Um, we, we have uh, the forward, Patrick Schick, who sucked balls at Roma. Coach Steve will tell you all about that. And then I think he goes over to Germany and is one of the top scorers in the league ever since he left. Um, so he's leading the line. He's been fantastic. And quite honestly, I I think Spain is a little bit of a pretender. Um, you know, they're, they're a little bit gassed. Um, you could see their players, you know, same type of thing with a lot of these big teams. It's a theme. Um, they're, they're, they're looking a little more disinterested than I think some of these smaller nations and, and that's kind of what you're seeing. So um, certainly didn't expect the Czechs to be joint group leaders. They're just down on goal differential to Portugal, but they're putting in spirited efforts. They're, they're definitely tough to play against and they've been getting goals. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, you know, definitely more goals than I expected. From I them. think their success comes down to, and I'm going to give you the shout out here. They're playing a three, four, three. 
Oh. Um, and it's because they're a little bit of a bigger team. They're not going to be more technical than Spain or Portugal, but they're able to kind of clog up the midfield. They're able to kind of, you know, get down and gritty. I won't give them a, an Atletico Madrid tag, but it's kind of that style yeah. where they can, you know, be a physical team and then push the ball forward. And uh, I think they've just embraced that. They're not trying to be something they're not. They're trying to, they're not going to try to you know, outplay Spain by passing the ball through the, their midfield. They're just going to try to move the ball up directly and, and see what they can get, you know, take their chances. And, and here, here's the thing, you, you know, a team like Spain, a team like Portugal. Yeah. They've had a ton of success recently. They've obviously won tournaments and trophies. Their defenses are always going to be a little suspect. And if you attack them head on, that's the surest way to success. So I think you hit the nail on the fucking head right there. And I have to give a special shout out to Spain because if we're doing countries, they are, they get the silver medal. They are number two on my personal bandwagon because I, I can't seem to, get a bet on them to win ever. Um, and spoiler, I'm going to take them tomorrow or Thursday. If you guys listen to this, they are minus 110 against the Swiss. The Swiss have looked absolutely fucking awful. I think, I think their golden generation is probably over. They've never had a fucking forward anyway. Yeah. But, um, I, I, you know, that's a team that Spain should fucking handle. They know that they need the win. They're minus 110, which I don't think properly reflect correct odds. I'm going to take them. And guess what? I guarantee you they're not going to fucking win. Yeah, Portugal dog walked them. I think they went 4-0. Ronaldo, unfortunately, had a couple goals. But, yeah, Switzerland defense looking a bit like Swiss cheese. Just holes yeah, all over the place. So, uh, you know, although Czech Republic are in the driver's seat, they're going to have to get some sort of results uh, against Portugal. And Spain have the team formerly known as the Swiss uh, national team. Just all they need is, a, again, just in case where they probably just need a couple goals and they'll probably advance. But, Maybe you never know. Maybe Czech Republic get a result. Maybe Portugal let their guard down a little bit. We'll see. Um, there's still hope, but I wouldn't put it past them. Let me let me just yeah. quickly pull up the odds there for the Czechs. I want to see. I want to see what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, let's I think see if the books are respecting them a little more. Yeah, I think even a draw kind of works for the Czech Republic. I think if, if they get a draw, then Spain's going to need a, a win of at least two goals to pass them on goal differential. I think that's the tiebreaker in this. Maybe they so. The Czechs are actually plus 600 currently to Portugal. I mean, tall order for sure. That draw is plus 380. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily sold on that either, but let me, let's take a look at this goal line spread because that's where, that's where I think you can get something decent. Take Czech Republic plus one and a half. Czech Republic. Oh, this is, hold on. Czech Republic plus one and a half is minus 155. And that I can buy. I could do that. I could get on board with that. And even if, you know, if you think they're going to get a little closer, plus half a goal is is um, plus five fifty. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Is uh, plus one ninety. Okay. I'm sorry. So plus one ninety. That's a huge gap. Okay, that makes no. Sense. I had it on the wrong side. So um, I, I like that. That minus one fifty five, getting a goal and a half there. All right. Well, I think uh, it's only right now that we talk a little bit about your team, uh, <laughs> Italy, playing trash, uh, playing England on Saturday. Neither team, I mean, I guess England have looked a little bit better, but neither team kind of living up to their, uh, I don't know, European, you know, prime levels of play. Uh, what, are you, what are you looking for on Saturday? All right. So just to get the odds out of the way, England are a ridiculously heavy favorite. They are minus 130. Italy is plus 380 on that money line. Draw is plus 240, which I, I probably actually like because neither of these teams has looked any good. Um, you know, in, in all the teams in the group, Germany included, Hungary is kind of a, the odd man out, even though they drew in, or actually beat England, excuse yep. me. Sure did. Um, uh, PK. 
So I, I think a draw might be enough for Italy to stay at the top of the group. And, and I think that's kind of how they'll look to play. I, I mean, I, I would be a little more worried just based on Italy's recent play. They've been pretty fucking terrible. They're not getting goals from any forwards. That trend has continued. Um, but England hasn't looked good either. So I, I, you know, I don't see England with this huge breakout performance. It's not like they're going to run out three, nothing winners, at least, um, in my opinion, and that's even with as bad as Italy has looked. Um, the one thing I'll say, Italy has rotated a ton of the squad. They basically gave every veteran player or every holdover from the Euro squad or the failed World Cup qualifying squad. Um, they're gone. They're out on vacation. Uh, so it's going to be a brand new team. You know, you've seen two or three players like Pellegrini, like Bastoni. Uh, Donnarumma's been in goal. Locatelli's got two games under his belt now. So Mancini's kind of starting to pick his favorites, but you are seeing a whole lot of fresh new faces, especially out on both wings. Um, So it's going to be guys that are a little bit hungrier, guys who are looking to prove themselves, guys who are looking to make this team for the long term. And I don't think England has that same squad makeup. So for that reason, I don't necessarily agree with the odds that are currently out there. Yeah, and it can't be stressed enough. England have looked really bad. You know, they only have one goal, and that's just because they had a 90th minute PK that threw them level against bailout. So, it, not a good team. It's not meshing well, and they always have Harry Maguire at the back. So, there's your liability there. Uh, I don't even know that they can actually qualify. I think, uh, obviously, with Jeremy playing hungry, um, I think even a draw there would pretty much put England out of re- or put second place out of reach for England. But I expect Germany to come through in that one anyways. If they get the win, that's for sure. Them at five points, England with one. Nothing they can do about it. So it looks like you're going to see Germany and Italy move out of this group, which not really a surprise unless there's some crazy upset by Hungary. I mean, again, Hungary, all they have to do is get a draw. A draw suits them. Uh, yep. Maybe they just set up super defensive and see if Germany can break them down. But uh, Italy, you know, we'll see rotations. I, I don't think it really matters. England have been that bad that there's not much they can do. And at this point, I would imagine the England players who are all exhausted in their own right Checked out. are probably okay going home. Yep. So not going to expect an A effort from them, but maybe they prove us wrong. No, uh, let's, this is one of those games where we'll pay attention. I don't think the line is going to shift all that much, but we'll, we'll pay attention to the odds much closer to match kickoff. We'll see what the lineups are projected to look like. Cause that'll tell a big story. And it could be one of those games where we're taking an under because neither team scores could be one of those games where uh, we're taking Italy plus the goals. Cause I, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, but to, to Scott's point, you know, this, this, what should be a marquee matchup, what is a, a replay of the Euro finals of last year is probably going to wind up being a huge thing pile of dud. Yeah. Now we'll move into our last group. And I think this is probably going to be your favorite group, Nick, because it's been goals of plenty. I think if absolutely over, I think you'd have won on every easy one of these matches. I think you would have won all of them. So uh, starting off, uh, we at first thought maybe this is the end of the golden generation for Belgium. They got smacked four to one by, by the Netherlands, uh, but they responded pretty well with a, a six to one smacking of Poland. So uh, which smacking of, do you buy more from Belgium? Do you buy the, the, the Netherlands smacking or do you buy the Poland smacking? Which team I think, I think I buy the Netherlands smacking a little more because that game w- wasn't even as close as the four, nothing scoreline suggested. Um, their defense is bad. I'm actually shocked. And Poland scored first. I'm actually shocked Poland didn't push forward a little bit yeah. better. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think the golden generation is over. It's a golden generation that never was. Uh, Lukaku, who the hell knows what's going on in his head. 
Mertens is old as hell. He probably won't be back. Uh, De Bruyne is the guy, right? He, but, you know, we talked about him a lot this year with City, that he's single-handedly carried that team to winning matches. A lot tougher to do on the national stage, and it's one of those things where how, how much longer is he going to be able to keep doing that? And, you know, look, their, their defense is just not very good. Um, you know, even in wins. But yes, you agreed. Uh, I'm sorry, you did say it correctly. I am two for two in betting Belgium overs this tournament. Yeah, I think the unfortunate thing is as soon as Hazard left Chelsea, went to Real Madrid, he just had injuries nonstop. And, and that's really kind of what ended this this run. Because yeah, De Bruyne has been great, but if you- I completely forgot he was line, even on the team until oh, you just yeah. said his name. Yeah, and so. Hazard, he, he played, had a horrible miss today. Uh, didn't need it. Fortunately, they had six other goals, but- Horrible miss uh, that would have brought them level, uh, I think, in the first half. Um, yeah, it's – I've always kind of had a, a soft spot for Belgiums because it, it was kind of weird seeing all these big-name players coming up from a country that's so small. Um, but I do think that, you know, I would buy the Netherlands smacking a little bit more. They do play Wales, I think, in their final game. So I think they have every possibility of advancing, um, you know, they only need what uh, a draw basically to advance. Well, I guess if Poland beats Netherlands, then they would advance. So, well, I'm not counting on Poland after I today's would, display. Neither would I, um, especially with all the uh, turmoil that Lewandowski is going through with his own club. Uh, doesn't seem to be super focused right now. But uh, you know, Netherlands on a run. I think they all but clinched it. So maybe they rest players. Maybe we see a big rotation there. So that's probably Poland's only hope is that you get a, a C lineup from the Netherlands and you can win and then maybe Belgium just doesn't quite have it against Wales but Wales haven't looked good either I think Bale had a goal uh, yeah and, and listen they, basically they, a, an own goal right yeah so and they, they they took care of what they needed to take care of and that's qualifying for the World Cup so they could give two shits about this tournament yeah so uh, Wales don't expect much of a fight Poland I think your only hope is that Netherlands are just taking out uh, a C-list squad putting them out there and letting everybody else rest no doubt all right, Nick, uh, I'm going to let you shine now. This is the time where we're throwing some picks. As we've mentioned, there's been a lot of roster rotation here. So we're going to try and do our best, but make sure you're paying attention to li- when lineups come out about an hour before kickoff. Uh, yeah, and, and, and this is one missing, of those things. You know, we, we typically like to throw out picks for the week. Uh, we're, we're not going to do that with any authority here. Definitely follow us on Twitter. Uh, we've been throwing out a lot of picks on Twitter. Uh, just in, in full transparency, I am 12 and eight currently this week betting international started out super hot, went through an O and five run, but now we are back. We are on a five and O run the last five games. Love it. So, um, the one thing I'll say, it's been a lot harder to handicap than I thought. And I think it's has a lot to do with what Scott said. It's fatigue. It's squad rotation. Um, it quite frankly, it's disinterest in the tournament. But, you know, you're seeing you're seeing games where, you know, the other day, right, we both took France plus money should be a no fucking doubter. And guess what? They blew D it. Lineup. D so lineup came out for us real quick. The, the fucking C lineup came out. I don't even know what that was. So um, it's been really tough. And, and granted, you know, look, I'm out there. I'm taking teams like Lithuania and Luxembourg and, um, you know, Bosnia and shit like that. So. Um, you know, look, we've been following the international game for a long time. I, I feel like I have a, a pretty good read on it, but certainly would like to be a little bit better than 12 and eight. Um, we'll say we did have a, our lock, uh, our one and only consensus pick so far was uh, Australia. They were golden. They made it a little bit harder than it should have been Not against the UAE, but they did uh, get to that next phase of qualifying. 
So I'm 2-0 with Australia this week. Shout out them. Um, and then just three games that I'm kind of looking at this week tentatively. I, I told you I'm taking Spain. They're minus 110 against the Swiss. I think Switzerland's been that bad. This is a game that maybe gets Spain to where they need to be. Um, I like North Macedonia in their next game. They are plus 130 at home to Georgia. Georgia is one player on either North Macedonia or Georgia squad. Um, at this point, probably not. I know everybody in okay. North Macedonia, there, you know, probably ends in OV. Um, just going straight to generate then. Yeah, just straight okay. to generate. I, I think, um, you know, again, North Macedonia is just a bigger, more established country. They're going to be at home. And you just I, like them because they knocked Italy out of the world. No, that, I fucking hate them. Believe me. Um, but I, I just, I, Georgia is that bad. Um, I, I think North Macedonia gets the result here. And then I think Slovakia, who has been another team that's kind of terrible, uh, they have a must-win game. They're at Azerbaijan. They're minus 120. That is a Friday game. Those are the three I'm kind of looking at. And then I can maybe throw in France, minus 135 on the money line at Austria. We talked about Austria. This is exactly the type of game that Austria probably gets up for. But how does France go through the entire tournament without a win? Uh, 135 is still just too good of a number for them. So I am looking to go one and 24 betting France. That's kind of where my head's at. What do you think about those picks? It's almost like you forgot what happened in the 2010 world cup. When France <laughs> went through the whole tournament, exactly without a win. Right At now. least they qualified. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fair. Uh, I like that. Um, you know, I, I'll ride with France. I, I think you'll see their a lineup again. Um, where I've been going with this, uh, this competition is I like props right now, because if you can look at the lineup and you see who's starting, I think, uh, you know, we've seen that there've been plenty of shots and shots on targets, lots of goal opportunities. I've been looking at shots on target props for most of these top strikers and they all are at even money or better. Um, but if you're looking at like two plus shots on target. So I think Benzema, I was looking at before he was benched, uh, was like minus 110. Uh, look out for him again against Austria in a game where they have to win. If he's looking at even money, minus 110 again, I will absolutely be hammering that one. Uh, I assume he starts. But again, around the whole league, I mean, even we've talked about how bad England's looked. Harry Kane has still been getting shots on target. So that's kind of what I've been looking at. If you really want to go into corners, we can talk that a little bit. Um, both, especially in the, uh, the last round here, the, the third game of the group, uh, expect teams that are pushing and need points to get into the knockout stages to be getting a lot of corners. So if you're looking at taking overs or looking at spread for corners, teams that are looking to qualify, take those, um, especially if they're playing against a team that has nothing to play for, like England. Um, I think that's a good pick. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's, it's tough to say in advance, keep your eye on rosters. Um, the only thing that's really for sure is I'd expect to see Spain. I'd expect to see France and I expect to see Germany playing their, their a squad. So um, depending on where those, those odds lie, that's probably where your best bets are. There you go. So you heard Scotty, we will make those two games, uh, pod locks right here on the fly. France minus 110 against the Swiss France, uh, excuse me, Spain minus 110 against the Swiss France minus 135 against Austria. Yep. Uh, I, just can't see a way that those two don't don't fucking hit. Yeah, and then we'll even take Germany, whatever their odds are against Hungary. Ooh, you, probably yeah. minus Ooh, what? Hold minus on, what? hold what? on. Oh, we were, we're. I'm gonna back that down just a little bit. All right, that'll be on my card. I, I mean, just because I'm not gonna lay fucking 500 or whatever the hell they're gonna be. Let's see. There's no way it's minus 500. Germany is minus 270. Yeah. Eh. 
what are they minus? What are they minus? Uh, All right, hold on, hold on, guys. You're you're getting real time discussion. It's like you're in our group chat right now. Um, Germany minus a goal and a half is plus one ten. Hmm. All right, well, we're not we're not adding Germany then. There I don't you want go. To go minus one and a half. I might do yep. like if you want to do a different total minus one, but that's not even fun. So, all right, that's unfortunate. That'll be we'll a game take, time. That's we'll a game the over pro- in that one. That's yeah, we could do a Germany team total. Uh, I can get I can get down with a Germany team total. Uh, be on the lookout. Follow us on Twitter. We have been crushing the Nations League, at least in terms of content. I think our picks have been solid too. Uh, it's only going to get better as the tournament goes along. So definitely appreciate you guys riding with us. Follow, like, subscribe, share, tell all your friends. Appreciate you guys having us. Bye, guys.